It's time for Love Talk with the Love Ladies, Kathy, Carrie, and Marley. Good morning, friends, and welcome to Love Talk. It is a beautiful Saturday in the neighborhood. Thank you all to all of you for joining us. We're thrilled to be with you here on the Bridge Austin Central Texas Christian Talk, where we are building bridges of love and leadership. Well, I'm Kathy Endebrock in the studio with the beautiful coach Carrie Brinkater and the marvelous Marlene McMichael. And have we got a program for you, friends. This is our Thanksgiving program. Thanksgiving is this Thursday, and we're excited to share a very special personal Thanksgiving message with each of you. Well, Coach Carrie, Marlene, how are you guys doing this morning? I'm good. (laughs) (laughs) You're looking good. As always, Marlene's always so beautiful. So beautiful. Hi, friends. This is Coach Carrie. Good to to be with you guys on this beautiful Saturday morning. Great to have you today. Well, you know, we just love spending time with all of our listening friends each Saturday at 10 a.m. just to catch up and see how your week has been, let you know how our week has been going, and just talk a little bit about what God is doing. I think that we just need to encourage one another and... uh, you know, just kind of stoke those passions uh, that we have for the Lord and for where he's placed us right here and now. And I just want to tell all of our listening friends, Coach Carrie and Marlene, that, you know, if anyone wants to get a hold of us, if they have special questions for us, special comments about the program or special programs that you would like us to do, you can find us on our Facebook page at Love Talk Radio. And when you uh, go to Facebook, you key in Love Talk Radio, you should see our three smiling faces uh, looking right back at you. And, of course, you can also contact us on the lovetalknetwork.com, lovetalknetwork.com, where you can uh, email us, and um, you can always call us on the love line at 512-644-7972 and have a conversation with us there. So lots of ways to press into relationship with one another. We definitely want to have that relationship with you, but most of all, we want to share the relationship that we have with a very special person. Jesus. Jesus. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's Thanksgiving week, y'all. It is. I mean, I feel like like just yesterday we were saying, oh, my goodness, it's February. Oh, my goodness, it's March. Now, (laughs) here we are, and it's Thanksgiving. I am going to have 26 friends and family at the house on Thursday. Wow. You didn't invite me. Marlene, you are welcome to come over, girl. Walk right on down the street. Walk Um, in town, sorry. Oh, well. You know, it's funny because I actually do not know how many people are coming because I, and we're going to talk about this later in the program, um, I just in stepping into love with different, um, just being purposeful about stepping Mm -hmm. into just hope and love and joy and all of these wonderful, incredible things that we're going to be covering in our upcoming Advent series. I invited these two beautiful Muslim women that I met at the airport. They work at the little coffee shop at the Boise airport. So I've seen them before. They've made my coffee. And I just kept thinking, you know, when I went to the Middle East over the summer, I just kept hearing that when Muslim immigrants come to America, they're excited to to meet Americans, to, you know, learn about American culture, and they don't get invited to anything because, mm. you know, we just are like... We're robots. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so I invited um, uh, Saram and Hanim over to my house for Thanksgiving. I gave them my little business card, and I said just to discuss it with their families and call me. So I'm hoping I get a yes, but I don't know oh. yet. Okay, well, we'll be She may have 30 that. people at her you house. You might have, right? <laughs> oh, my goodness. You may Kathy, need to go get another that turkey. That is so neat. Good for you. That's I'm amazing. I'm really excited. Have not, you know, I've invited people from church. I've invited the girls' college friends and like that. Mm-hmm. But I've never invited anyone who really is a, a stranger, a complete mm-hmm. stranger. And mm-hmm. so, and when I invited them, I mean, just the smile on their faces. They were huge smiles and, like, you know, just almost kind of disbelief, and um, I'm just, I'm so excited. So I really hope that, you know, they will tell their husbands about the strange woman uh, <laughs> and encourage their husbands just to give it a try. And because I told them, if you want to experience a real American Thanksgiving, yeah. I would love to have them over. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it's interesting in my um, 
Parkinson's boxing classes that I that I coach. Of course, we've been talking about Thanksgiving, and I have several people that um, are not uh, Native Americans, right? They have immigrated here, and they're so thankful to be uh, naturalized American citizens now. And they've said, you know, just the funny things that they've said about their first Thanksgiving meal here and how, like, what, this is candied sweet potatoes? <laughs> what is this? What about that red jelly that everybody right, yes. <laughs> And you're putting soup in the green beans? Like, I don't know what this casserole is. So it's been kind of funny to hear their stories, but they're just so grateful to uh, be in America and now celebrate their own Thanksgiving traditions. So super fun, super fun. Well, where are you heading for Thanksgiving, Marlene? I am heading to my daughter's. Excellent. And so we'll spend, I don't know how long there exactly, but uh, eventually we'll head to the coast and uh, both my brothers will be in Rockport. And so it will actually be uh, for the three siblings Christmas oh, good. Uh, in Rockport. So, good. And I'm so excited. So Marlene has some very special gifts that we can't talk about for her brothers that she's been preparing. And so on oh. next week's program, we are going to get to find mm. out about I am very excited. <laughs> yeah, she's been showing me pictures and talking to me about it. And so I can't but wait. But they can't know. Okay, they can't know yet. we got to mm. wait one week That's for the right. surprise. That's okay. right. That's super fun. Well, Marlene, thank you so much for putting this beautiful program together today. Um, our Thanksgiving program. Tell us a little bit about what led you down this path to bring this specific message to our listening friends today. Well, it, it was indeed a path, and it was very, <laughs> mar- you know, it's like very um, curvy meandering. path. Yeah. Meandering. That's <laughs> the word. That's the word. Gotcha, it was meandering. Um, uh, you know, la- last week was the election. Yeah. And yeah. it well, seems it like up the results have you well, recovered yeah. from it. <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, what you obviously people have talked since then and some are in fact most are thoroughly depressed and and just concerned because the outcome wasn't as predicted. It wasn't a red wave and it wasn't a blue wave. It was just kind of there split <laughs> it was split mm-hmm. and so um anyway i i it was the election we talked about it a little bit through friends and different things like that and so i decided i'd leave town <laughs> <laughs> and um i um there's a wonderful concert in uh that's done once a year in Lukenbach and there are a lot of concerts there I know that but there's an organization called Songwriting with Soldiers and uh we had gone last year my daughter and I and so she got tickets to go this year but I also had a girlfriend trip scheduled so we all scheduled all that around this Lukenbach con- uh concert and if you know anything about Friday night in Lukenbach, it was very cold. <laughs> <laughs> and Lukenbach's not the most um, warm and uh, inviting place in the cold, but it was a wonderful concert. And what this what this organization does is it takes mostly Gold Star families and and uh, wounded warriors who are really struggling and it takes them on retreats. They get a lot of therapy at those retreats. But one of the things they do is they match them up with nationally recognized uh, songwriters and they get to tell their story. And then the songwriter writes a song and they were all performed at the concert, which was amazing. It it was cold, but it was amazing. Healing experience. Healing experience for for the soldier. Thinking about that. And and I will tell you, most of those songs are fairly troubling. Absolutely. But uh, it's very healing for the soldier. So that was Mm. kind of the point of the trip, but it was also a reconnect with some of my college girlfriends. And we've known each other for a very long time now because it was a few years ago when I went to college. (laughs) So uh, we're going to get right into this. Obviously, we talked about the election, um, but we also, you know, we're mindful of the fact that it's Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. And um, so this isn't the program, I'll, I'll confess, this isn't the program that I wanted to do today. Um, <laughs> that's another long meandering story, mm-hmm. but it is the one that I really believe God wanted today. And um, so Thanksgiving signals the coming of Christmas and the holiday season. 
it's a time that we reconnect with friends and family and we make memories. And um, so we have a series of programs coming up all about embracing mm-hmm. s- things that are synonymous with, Christ- uh, with Christmas, like love, peace, and joy, and, of course, Jesus himself. Um, so how in the world does the election all go into that? <laughs> <laughs> and one of the things I did right before I left town was read a it, it really is a podcast, but I read the written version of it, uh, and it was a Dutch, Dutch Sheets uh, podcast where he was sort of talking about the election, and he was just saying, you know, we're we all need to be comforted. What what mm-hmm. doesn't matter whether you're red or you're blue or or what your mm-hmm. political affiliation is. The election and the and the, just the discontent in the country today is really concerning. And um, it's it's a wide chasm between the different uh, groups. And, um, you know, I know you both know I spent most of my career in the legislature. Mm-hmm. And that one thing I learned in that process, which is may seem counterintuitive, but it's that real that really good policy comes from a blend of both sides. Absolutely. It comes yeah. from negotiation and working out differences. Mm-hmm. And in many ways we in this country have lost the ability to do that. And so this program is really not intended to analyze the election and who were the winners and losers. It's not intended to uh, promote one political party. It's just that I think that both sides of the aisle we're disappointed with the results and that we are a divided nation. So how do we get over that? How do mm-hmm. we fill in that chasm? And mm-hmm. so I know, Kathy, you and I texted back and forth about the election. And so I kind of wanted to know how you guys felt. Yeah, you know, I mean, I think it's easy to put our eyes on the works of man and mm-hmm. get pretty frustrated. And, you know, obviously the goal here is not that one political party would win over another. The goal is righteousness. You know, the goal is God's will over this nation. The The goal is a, a people's hearts that are completely turned towards their creator and turned towards the God who established this nation. And um, so I, I think in anything, I, my question is always, Lord God, what are you doing what do you want me to learn in this and what do you want me to do in the position that you've placed me in? And so, you know, just understanding what God is doing, he's generally not a God that gives quick fixes. And I think at election we want quick fixes and we think that we're going to get a quick fix. You know, if if we did get that red wave, you know, this this party that still has God in their platform, this party that defends um, babies, um, the life of preborn, you know, this party that uh, stands for freedom and liberty and, you know, as opposed to a large government, you know, that somehow we've convinced ourselves that that's going to fix everything. Well, that is not going to fix everything because I think a, a heart of a nation that is turned away from God is on a destructive path and that's the path that we're on. And so we need to take a look at what has taken place in our nation in the past that has turned our hearts back to God? And how, how do we get there? Amen. You know, I was listening to um, several political pundits, and um, one in particular came on, and he said, look, I'm, I'm choosing to be optimistic about this. And he just went through several reasons why he was not going to despair. And that leads us right into our key verses. And I I found it very refreshing because I, too, was a little like, oh, my stars, why is it taking some of these states so long to count these votes? And that doesn't seem right. That seems really odd that, um, you know, the governor of that state is in charge of the election, and yet she's running for reelection. Like, it just doesn't make any sense, right? Some things don't make any sense. But as I just step back, I want us all to realize that disappointment, is not despair. And so just one key verse here right before we go to our break, 2 Corinthians 4, verses 8 and 9. This is from the Passion Translation. Though we experience every kind of pressure, we're not crushed. At times we don't know what to do, but quitting is not an option. We are persecuted by others, but God has not forsaken us. We may be knocked down, but not out. 
friends, when we return to Love Talk, we're going to continue this discussion about being thankful, about, you know what, disappointment is not. Good morning, friends. You are listening to Love Talk on The Bridge, Austin. Today's Christian Talk, 101 FM and 1120 AM. I'm Kathy Endebrock, and I'm here in studio with my two beautiful co-hosts, Coach Carrie Brinkater and Marlene McMichael. And as always, if you miss any segments of our program, you can go to our archives at lovetalknetwork.com to get the full program or go to your favorite podcast app and go to Love Talk, all one word, Love Talk Network, and uh, get the program on the podcast. You can share it with friends or listen to the entire program. Well, we are talking today about righteousness and Thanksgiving this week. And mm-hmm. this country was really founded on Christian principles. And for most of our histories, ladies, we've honored those principles as a nation. And that is something certainly which we need to be thankful for, to have Absolutely. those Christian groundings. So early in our history, colonists regularly celebrated Thanksgivings, which were days of prayer, thanking God for blessings such as military victory or the end of a drought. And, uh, for example, the U.S. Continental Congress proclaimed a national Thanksgiving upon the enactment of the Constitution. Mm -hmm. And so in the mid-1800s, a popular ladies' magazine championed a single national Thanksgiving Day to promote unity. And the idea won the support of President Abraham Lincoln. So on October 3rd, 1863, during the Civil War, no less, President Lincoln proclaimed a national day of Thanksgiving to be celebrated on Thursday, November 26. Well, friends, I just want to put this out to you. Coach Kerry, Marlene, I want to put this out to you. We certainly need to have a true Thanksgiving Day this year, and we need a prayer for unity right now in our nation. I agree. You know, Kathy, I was struck a few weeks ago. We interviewed uh, Jeff and Cheryl Scruggs, and (laughs) it was at the very beginning of November, and I had just brought out, you know, kind of my fallish kind of decorations and we have this box that we always put um, blessings in during or, or things that we're thankful for. And we just have these strips of paper and we put them in the box over Thanksgiving, over the month of December, November. And Jeff said something that just really struck me. And I, I will remember this forever. He said, well, I have a notebook that I carry around. I think it was more like a tablet that he carries around. A chief tablet. Yeah, a big chief tablet, right? Number two <laughs> pencil. And he writes down things he's thankful for every single day. And I thought, oh, my goodness. Goodness, wow. That's really, really true. You know, we are to be thankful every day and because we have so many blessings in this country. And, Marlene, you always seem to have amazing conversations with your friends and that happened again um, over the last week or so. You were with some girlfriends from college, and you guys had some very rich conversation that spurred on a discussion about a revival that occurred back in the 1970s at Asbury College in Kentucky. Tell us about this conversation and, <laughs> and what, what you guys talked about. Well, that's right. We were just on a girls' trip. Yeah. So, you know, there was a lot of shopping and eating and uh, things like that that girls do on, on these trips. But we were also talking about the election and just the division. And, in fact, some in our group, there was a division, you know, mm-hmm. on how they yeah. voted and all yeah. that sort of thing. And so the idea is, how do we fix it? Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and that's where one of the ladies uh, brought up the Asbury College revival. Again, this happened in the 1970s. Well, we've known each other, these these ladies, since the early 1970s. So we and we all met the Lord about the same time, and so we kind of thought, wow, we're we may very likely be an offshoot, a, a remnant of that original revival because that revival went to uh, and affected or impacted 130 campuses across the nation. And so uh, then, you know, we're sitting on the porch at night watching the big Texas sky (laughs) and um, and the shooting stars. It was a beautiful night. It was before the cold front. (laughs) (laughs) 
Um, but anyway, we were sitting there, and one of them pulled up a video that was the college president talking about what happened at Asbury College in 1970. And it was remarkable. And we're going to talk about that. But, but that's, that's how we got there. And what we realized, you know, is that you know, there we need revival. So let me get this straight. You were at this group with a bunch of women, and you disagreed on uh, – you had a different view on political things. So rather than shun and disassociate yourselves <laughs> one from another, um, you pressed into relationship, mm-hmm. and you started to look at how God has work in, worked in mm-hmm. our nation in the past. Absolutely. And if you'll, if you'll remember, wow. you know, in our discussion earlier, I mean – Many programs ago, we talked about some of the greater awakenings that happened in this country, and that's another term for great revival. Um, but we talked about those things, and there was one before the founding of this country. It's mm-hmm. a great awakening. They call that the first great awakening. The second one was just before or during the Civil War. And what, um, you know, one of the things I did before I went on this trip was I read the the script of the podcast for Dutch Sheets, and he was talking about the fact that we need righteousness, the fact that we need healing from this division, and he said that the that government's not going to save us, uh, laws aren't going to save us, God's got to save this country, mm-hmm. God's got to save us. Legislating morality does not save us. Absolutely, right. and so what he was in, and they've been saying that for as long as I've worked at the Capitol, that you know, thirty, forty years, mm-hmm. they've been saying, stop, because <laughs> right. it it won't fix the heart problem. Mm-hmm. But what Dutch Sheets said in his podcast was that we need the third great awakening and so as we're watching this revival it's just amazing um it at it was totally different than i what i because they actually they showed video of the actual revival which by the way started in normal chapel because this is a christian college Mm -hmm. in the morning and it was supposed to the chapel was supposed to last an hour the revival, the church, or the chapel was not emptied for 185 hours. An entire week, these people were in revival and God was present. And so it, it, that's what will change us. And isn't it amazing that it was by students? It students. was student-led. Mm-hmm. That just amazes mm-hmm. me. And so, and one other thing, and when we're talking about this Asbury revival, it is A-S-B-U-R-Y, mm-hmm. A-S-B-U-R-Y. And, you know, friends, go to your DuckDuckGo or your Google or Safari, whatever you use, and you can, you can look that up and find some videos and, and, and documentaries on this. So what was so amazing is that this was at the height of the Vietnam War. Right. And so the counterculture movement was in full swing, and many colleges were experiencing riots. And even Asbury College themselves um, were undergoing significant problems with e- illegal drug use. Racial integration was a very heated topic. Asbury was in need of revival. Um, and so I love that, you know, it's not it's when you have a heart's desire for revival, your heart's desire is not what brings it. It's when you go after the Lord with prayer and common prayer turns into extraordinary prayer and prayer of the one turns into prayer of the many and the holy spirit just pours out and you see incredible things happening and so and so during this time in the vietnam war when we saw great division that is when this happened and so i love that division does not stop revival from happening mm-hmm. it is almost what what pushes people in desperate need to go towards the heart of God. And I hope that's where we are in our nation. Well, and I think at some point you become so divided that you become exhausted, right? That, you know, you just get, at some point you just get sick of arguing. Um, The bitter root that has grown inside um, is, is too much to bear, and so at some point you look for something different because you feel hollow from the division, you know, 
And what, what Marlene? You you got some on your tongue. I saw that finger. Yeah, I saw it. Yeah. <laughs> well, you're absolutely right. Right. And so everybody stops listening to each other. Correct. Everybody stops communicating. Mm-hmm. The thing that was so remarkable, because like I said, they showed video of this revival. It was not like anything I imagined a revival would be. Mm-hmm. I you know there 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 weren't limbs growing out. There weren't uh, blind being uh, was given it, sight. Like healing. No. And, um, it was a very, and, and, and the thing that they point out in all of the material, because I've read a lot about the revival since last weekend, <laughs> um, nobody organized it. Nobody right. led it. Nobody, there was no offering taken. Nobody preached. It was, what it was was people person after person after person, including professors and, and uh, school administrators, would go to the microphone and, and repent for some misdeed and ask God for forgiveness and then go and make amends to people that they were enemies with or that they had offended. And it was, it was hundreds and hundreds of people just kneeling down and, and asking God to forgive them and the 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 reports I read was that the presence of God was palatable, that they could feel him. And it was just a divine move of God. It was truly miraculous. You know, what I find interesting about this is that this is all before social media and cameras in our pocket. Okay. And that this was so organic. Um, it didn't need social media to say, hey, come on down to the chapel. We're all praying, right? Mm-hmm. Um, or look what's going on at the chapel. We're all getting along. And do you see all these people kneeling? They're asking for forgiveness. It wasn't any of that. No no social media, no promoting it. It was simply the the spirit of the Lord coming on people and saying, you know what? You've had a hard heart toward um, that person over there that looks different than you that's a different color I need you to repent of that mm-hmm. you've had a you've you've been lying you've not only been lying to yourself but you've been lying to your friends about um, whatever it may be right and, and and you need to repent of that and then you need to go apologize and ask for forgiveness so Marlene uh, some of the documents that you gave us um, I guess the the president of Asbury College was out of the country at the time that this revival began. And, uh, of course, they canceled classes all week because the, all the students were in the chapel <laughs> praying, right? They were all right? in the chapel. They were all in the chapel praying, and they were all um, it, it just involved in this. And he comes back into town, and I guess the provost or somebody tells him, hey, um, there's something going on here. <laughs> Actually, they called him once, oh, they called it, him. once okay. it got started and kind of go, well, what do we do? Mm-hmm. And uh, he said, I trust you. You decide. I love that. And so they canceled the classes. And it, and it literally went on for a week. And the crowds would, would, would um, lighten at night. But there was never not a crowd. And mm-hmm. the, the chapel held 1,500. Oftentimes it had more people than that. Mm-hmm. And on Sunday, the churches came. Uh, I mean, it, as you as you said, they didn't need social media. They didn't need the it. The presence of God was so strong that they felt it, and they were drawn to it. And pretty soon, the uh, seminary across the road all started praying and had revival and then came to this one. And then the students eventually went out in teams and just said, we want you to have what we had, and churches all over began to have revival. And again, as I said, there were a thousand teams that went out mm-hmm. over the next few weeks and months, and 130 college campuses were affected by this revival. Wow. Well, you know, and, and I like one of the points that Carrie was making is that, you know, the kids just didn't go to chapel and, you know, all of a sudden out of nowhere with nothing previous that this just happened. I mean, it does highlight that there's this one student, Janine Braben, who was a third-year student at Asbury College, and she just did something small. She wasn't thinking, oh, I'm going to lead up a revival. It was nothing like that. She said, hey, I'm just going to do an experiment, a 30-day 
commitment. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And mm-hmm. I think she called mm-hmm. it like a 30-day grade experiment. And so she got five other students, and they began um, this what they call a 30-day grade experiment where those six students covenanted or agreed before the Lord uh, with one another to spend at least 30 minutes in prayer and in the Bible every morning and then simply writing down what the Lord showed them, right? 30 minutes in prayer or study um, and or 30 minutes in prayer and study and writing down what the Lord showed them. And then they were to share what they had learned and what God was doing in their life with other students, students during the day. And um, so, you know, 30 days are going to do this. And then they had a second great experiment started on January 2nd, 1970. And this one involved 36 students. So they went from 6 to 36. And it was on the last day of the experiment when those 36 students had the chapel service wherein they shared how God had changed their lives over the course of the previous 30 days. And towards the close of the chapel service, Janine informed the students that were all assembled there that there were commitment cards on the chair, on every chair in the chapel. And then she invited every student to join with them for another 30-day great experiment. And 200 students made that commitment. And um, so it was three days after that 200-person commitment on Tuesday, February 3rd, that during the chapel service in the Hughes Auditorium, the Asbury Revival broke out. Mm-hmm. So, ladies, one person grabbing six friend, grabbing five friends. You know, it reminds me of what they've done in Georgetown. Um, there's a church in Georgetown, Crestview Baptist Church, that, goodness, it was back in 2015. They called me. I was coaching at Southwestern. And this couple called me, and they said, hey, Carrie, do you think that if we offered free lunch here at the church that kids would come? What are what are some barriers, right? And I go, well, it's a church. I don't, you know, this pretty liberal campus. I don't know how many students will come to a church. And I said, ah, you know, you're you're about six miles away from campus. It's not super easy to just walk there. Like, you can't mm-hmm. just walk there. I said, but. You're offering free food, so go for it, right? Like, yeah. just go for it. And they said, look, we're not going to be preaching. We're not going to be, you know, quoting scripture. We're just, we just want to love on kids, right? Mm-hmm. And I said, great, go for it. I'll tell the, the team. I'll tell the other teams, right, go for it. The first week, they had seven kids. The second week, they had 14. The third week, they had 35. The fourth week, they, okay, yeah. You see, this is multiplying. And they weren't just doing a potato bar. I mean, oh, they were seriously stars. doing a meal fit for a king. These are, they they now have vegan options and gluten-free options, and they make just the most delicious food, okay? The most delicious, they call it chunch, church lunch, right, Pa? <laughs> they call it chunch. There are 1,250 students that go to Southwestern University. They are now averaging over 700 kids coming to Crestview to get free lunch on Mondays. Y'all, it started with one couple going, I really feel like the Lord is, is calling us to do this. Can you imagine the amount of money, the amount of manpower, and the amount of time that it takes to cook for over 700 people? And you know what? God said, I'm going to give you the money, I'm going to give you the time, and I'm going to give you the manpower, and you're going to be able to serve over 700 kids every single week and get them into these church doors. Mm-hmm. Y'all, I just cannot tell you what a blessing those people mm-hmm. are and what a blessing that has been to the Southwestern community. And just like this revival, it started with one idea. And and I think there are a lot of those ideas out there. And, and you know, I really would like to challenge our listeners to – to think out of the box. Yeah. But what I what I what I realized in watching this video and that's the critical part is how many people the sides have offended with their, you know, gross caricatures of of uh candidates mm-hmm. are there memes that say these icky things. Right. <laughs> and I, don't, I can't even repeat some of them. But we're never going to convince the other side of righteousness and that that's the, the path that we should pursue so long as we belittle them in the process. Right. 
And so it is it is critical that this Thanksgiving we hold on to righteousness, but we also hold on to and strive for unity Mm -hmm. and that we go back to the original Thanksgiving and ask for unity. But the other thing is that, you know, I've been saying this for months to anybody that would listen. The only thing that's going to save this country is revival. And I 100%, 150% agree with Dutch Sheets. We need a third great awakening Mm -hmm. in this country so that people can uh, experience the purity of God's love because that's what this, the Ashbury Revival was about. It wasn't, again, about the snap, crackle, and pop and the miracles and the flashbang. It was mm-hmm. about humility, true caring, true love, and repentance. Well, and that's where we need to go. And mm-hmm. I like what you say, Marlene. You're not going to be able to convince somebody of, of something, right? If, if they are wanting to do wrong, if they are wanting to work outside of what God says is right and holy and good. But what what we saw happen at this Asbury revival was that the Holy Spirit convicted, convicted. them. And then mm-hmm. they were quick not only to completely confess, but then to turn away from the sin mm-hmm. and turn towards righteousness. And I think that's something that in in a revival, in an awakening, you say, hey, I am going to work towards um, pursuing the Lord. I'm going to work towards thankfulness in prayer. I'm going to work towards um, drawing together in unity uh, with others in prayer and, and covenanting or agreeing with them that they're gonna, we're going to make a commitment to prayer together. And then we're going to let the Holy Spirit convict us of right and wrong. We're not going to con- we're not going to convict each other or point fingers of right and wrong. We're going to let the Holy Spirit do that because we know when the Holy Spirit does it, it brings complete transformation and that's what we need in this nation is transformation. And you know, I know it everybody thinks this whole idea is scary and overwhelming. I mean, I they didn't start with 700 plates uh, for the Southwestern students. No, they, they started with, what, seven, you they said? started with seven cakes. So the first week, yeah. All you need, start with a handful, five people. Ask five people to join you in a commitment and really turn into God. Mm-hmm. That's the challenge. Have you guys ever done that? Have you ever covenanted with, you know, a group of girls or something to, okay, we're going to work out together or we're going to, you know, not have sugar or, you know, whatever. Have you guys ever done that? Okay. I have made an agreement with groups <laughs> to do something that has lasted maybe, you know, three weeks. Okay. You know, until life starts to happen. And, you know, then, mm-hmm. uh, you know, for example, the, you know, I, I just have the most amazing mom's prayer group that we meet every morning, Tuesday morning from 8 to 9. And when we started it, we had 18 women who were like, put me on the list. I'm coming. I want to come. That's great. That's great. We have four women who come regularly. Mm-hmm. But you have four. But we have, have four. four. No, no, no. I love, I love that four. But I, I will say that, you know, and so last week before I came uh, to to Texas, Two of them were sick, and one of them had a sick kid. Oh, So it yeah. was me and one other lady, and mm-hmm. we sat there, and we prayed, and we had a wonderful, incredible time in prayer. Mm-hmm. And we have seen women who have never voiced a prayer, ever voice prayer, and it is like, wow. It is super cool. And we have uh, – anyway, it's, it has been an incredible experience, but the follow-through, that – the perseverance, that's where we need the work. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that for all of us, we we have to put actions to our words, right? Mm-hmm. And that I love that the follow through here with this Asbury College revival was not just, oh, Lord, you know, please forgive me of X, Y, and Z. That if X, Y, and Z needed to, if they needed to go to someone else, they did. How hard is that next step, right? That's when you know it's real is when you're willing to go, oh, man, I have been a complete and total idiot, and Mm -hmm. I am so sorry, right? That's when the Lord really starts to do work is when we can come clean there. 
Oh, my goodness. What an amazing discussion this has led to. You and your girlfriends, Marlene. I need I need to get in your groups, girl, um, because y'all are coming up with some, just having such rich conversation. Friends, when we return to Love Talk, more about Thanksgiving, revival, righteousness with the gals, the love ladies of Love Talk. Right Hi, after friends. this. And welcome back to Love Talk here with the Love Ladies. I am Coach Carrie Brinkater in studio with Kathy Inderbrock and Marlene McMichael. Friends, we just cannot tell you how much we enjoy our Saturday mornings with you. What a blessing this is to be able to come over the airwaves um, and bring the joy of Jesus every single week. We want to remind you that you can go to our archives at Love Talk Network. You can find all of our programs there. I think kind of a a more updated way, um, newfangled way, is our podcast. Remember, our podcast is Love Talk, all one word, Love Talk, all smashed together. You can find us on Spotify, on Apple, um, and there we are. And you can find all of our episodes there as well. And you can download those, and then you can listen wherever you are. You can listen while you're getting your hair done. You can listen (laughs) while you're sitting on the beach. Um, You can listen while you're curled up next to the fireplace. Um, So we just encourage you. We also encourage you. On Thursday, on Thanksgiving today, to tell your friends about us. Um, Tell your friends to turn on the love ladies and what a good time you've had getting to know us. And, you know, today Marlene has just brought us this really thought-provoking and wonderful program surrounding Thanksgiving just about revival and how this revival at Asbury College back in 1970 just looked totally different than, you know, the... I don't know. The uh, image of the of a revival. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was about to call a name, and then I thought better of it. Um, <laughs> you know, just the kind of uh, healing stuff. It wasn't like that, Marlene. It wasn't like people were getting healed. It was they were healing from the inside, right? Healing of hearts, healing of souls, healing of relationships, and like we like we mentioned in our previous segment. Um, the president of the university had been out of the country, and when he returned, some interesting thing happened. Some interesting things happened, Marlene. What happened? Well, Carrie, you mentioned earlier that um, it wasn't just asking for forgiveness. You had to go and, uh, or at least you the felt way, compelled. Right, God compelled you to go and and uh, talk to the person you had offended yeah. and ask for forgiveness of that person and the president of the university related in this video that we watched that again he was out of town he was in Canada when this revival broke out and he didn't get back actually until the the second to the last day I mean it was almost over and uh, he was sitting in the back of the room just trying not to insert himself as the head guy into this Thing that was happening very organically. It, it, there wasn't a leader in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, there was no preacher. There was there was some music, but it was again organic. There wasn't an offering. There wasn't a prescribed uh, program. None of that. And he, so he was sitting back there watching it. And a young woman student came up to him and said, "I have to, I have to ask you to forgive me." And he said, "Why? What? What? What for?" And she says, "I'm a liar." And he kind of looked at her, and and she says, "What do I do?" Because she didn't know she's confessing she's a liar, but what does she do with that re- revelation? Mm-hmm. And he says, "Well, I guess you need to go and confess to the people to whom you've lied." And saw her the next day; she'd already gone to forty people. Oh my goodness! <laughs> and so, wow. you know, it was real. I mean, and that's the thing that it. History attests to the fact that this was an undeniable move of God. And I I think my point in sharing this today is we're we're at a time in this country where we are divided and we need an undeniable move of God. But it was generated by prayer. It Mm -hmm. didn't just happen. God didn't just insert himself. He was repeatedly asked to bring revival and so it's this whole program is in in part a a challenge to our listeners to um, 
see what God would have you do mm-hmm. as a as a um, plan and a prayer to bring revival. You know, and I love the way that God convicts because the way that yeah. the enemy convicts. He accuses, you're a dirty, rotten, no good liar. You should be so ashamed if people really knew what you were all about. Everyone would hate you, you know, kind of thing. That's the enemy. That's not God. That's not God. If you ever, friends, you hear that, you hear a voice that tells you rotten, no good, anything you say, you say, Satan, get behind me. Actually, get far from me. Yes. And uh, because what the Lord says to you is beautiful adorable child who I cherish. There is something in your life that has got to go. And this is what it is. And he convicts you in such a gentle but piercing way. We're just like the woman at the well. You're going to go make it right. You're going to turn from the sin and you are going to go make it right. So when, when the Holy Spirit convicts, he convicts in a transformative way that brings wholeness, not in a, in, a, in a shaming way that brings destruction. So just remember that voice. I, I, I love the way that uh, the students at Asbury describe the presence of God. They used these words. They said the power of God was so present and so real that time itself seemed to collapse. It was almost as if reality Um, As if we were suspended in a state of reality and people could sit even an hour upon hour and it seemed like only minutes or seconds. They Mm -hmm. also described it this way. The presence of God was thick. It was heavy. It was like a warmth around the heart. There was a kind of aura like a glow around the chapel. There was a sense of divine presence that one doesn't have often in this life. And when you do have it, you never quite get over it. And even another student described it like this, that just coming onto the campus, um, it was said some people indicated that they were, quote, overcome with conviction power, conviction power. Again, power in that conviction to towards wholeness, towards transformation, towards righteousness. I love this path that you're on because I don't know if um, – Either of you ladies have ever done this, but I am guilty of this. There are times when I hold on to things too long, meaning grievances, and I hold on to them too long, and, you know, it becomes a pettiness, and it becomes something that I just don't want to forgive, or I don't want to ask forgiveness for, Mm -hmm. right? Because then it becomes me, right, that I need to ask for forgiveness for for holding that. I'm sure no one out there can identify with this, right? Um, it's just me. Um, but when, and Kathy, I love the way that you describe this. That's the enemy saying, you know what, Carrie, you have a reason to be angry. You just keep being angry about that, right? And that's, that is totally the enemy coming in, trying to seek, kill, and destroy a relationship. Seek, seek kill, and destroy a, um, a step forward. Mm-hmm. It's literally keeping you in your seat right where you are. You cannot move forward mm-hmm. when that is your mindset. But when the Heavenly Father comes in and says, you know what, it's going to be fine. You need to put that pettiness aside. You need to put that down. Let it go because you need to be free. All right? Take those shackles off, sister. This is just weighing you down. And when I think about this young woman, the president of the university said that days later, and he describes her this way. He says she was clearly free. Yes, she was. When he saw her again, she comes running into the... The chapel, I'm free, I'm free. And this was the girl who had previously gone to him and said, I'm a liar. I'm a liar. liar. She was clearly free. Friends, the things that we hold on to that we think are so shameful or we think nobody's going to love us, nobody's going to respect us, I tell you what, when you let that go in Jesus' name, holy cow, the freedom that comes. Mm And what we, what I have come to find is that, you know what, we all have something 
that we're a little bit worried about, we're a little bit ashamed of. And when we start openly talking about these things and seeking forgiveness and seeking the Lord's guidance and seeking the next step, holy cow, we do become free. Mm-hmm. What a blessing. Mm-hmm. And Marlene, you've just been saying, um, you know, anyone you can tell over the last X number of months, you've said we need revival. Oh, over and over and over again. And And, and if you think about it, so long as we are divided as a nation, we cannot move forward. Yes. If your household is divided, you cannot move forward. Yes. If your your business is divided mm-hmm. and people are pulling in different directions, you mm-hmm. cannot move forward. Mm-hmm. Therefore, mm-hmm. <laughs> we must have unity. We must come to God in unity and mm-hmm. ask him to pour out his grace and pour out his blessing and pour out his revival because that's what will bring us together as a nation. It's what will bring us together as families and Mm -hmm. and churches and businesses and and it is it is all we're about you know friends if your hearts are heavy after hearing this because you're thinking gosh thursday is thanksgiving and i am holding on to something that i just need to let go of i need to go and hug my aunt's neck i need to go and call my mom i i need relationship in my life you know what i would encourage you to just ask the lord to come in and pave a way for reconciliation and for a move towards unity and righteousness. And you know what, friends? He will. He will step in. And it may not be a quick fix, but at least you can take a step forward. And we would also pray that um, tomorrow is Sunday and that you would look for a church, that you would go and find a church that is preaching God's word and get into community where you can have people surround you that will come along beside you and they will pray for you. They will pray with you. They will pray over you and they will love you. Friends, our Father, he loves you. If you'd like to call us, you can call us on the love line, which is 512-644-7972. And you can always find us on Love Talk Radio and live stream us on the Bridge Austin. Friends, we love you. Uh, We are the Love Ladies, and so we'll see you next time right here on Love Talk.